Dear friends, welcome to another edition of Forum 2000 Online Chats. My name is Jessica Ludwig, and I am a Senior Program Officer with the Washington, D.C.-based International Forum for Democratic Studies at the National Endowment for Democracy. Here today to discuss perspectives from Brazil on Russia's war in Ukraine is Dr. Bernardo Sorge, who is joining us from Rio de Janeiro, where he is Director of the Edelstein Center for Social Research and the Plataforma Democrática Project. He is the author of 28 books and more than 100 articles, and has held several chairs and been a visiting professor at universities and research centers in Brazil, Europe, and the United States. Bernardo, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Brazil is the largest democracy in Latin America, but Brazil's leadership has not necessarily seen this conflict between an authoritarian leader in Moscow and a young democracy that has tried to take root in Ukraine, as many other international observers have framed it. Can you tell us a little bit about Bolsonaro, about President Jair Bolsonaro's relationship with Vladimir Putin and what position the Brazilian government has taken so far towards Russia since it escalated its invasion of Ukraine to a full-scale invasion last month? A good question. And uh, it is difficult to explain current situation in Brazil. We have a president that is, I would say, call it erratic in his positions, although it's not so erratic as it looks. He has clearly always a fatal attraction for authoritarian leaders, authoritarian social movements in Europe and in the States. This is known. I will not go into detail. And his position, explicit position in relation to the war was we need to have good relations with, with Russia because we import uh, phosphatum uh, in general, fertilizers from Russia. It's uh, true. We have uh, an important portion of Brazilian uh, fertilizers being imported from, from Russia. But of course, that's, that doesn't make a international position was rather a type of justification why we don't, we don't need to be against Russia and so on. At the same time, the foreign ministry had a basic clear position, at least in the United Nations, voting against Russian invasion. And when I did say it was erratic, because this happened all the time in Brazil, we have a president that, uh, in one hand, tries to justify not taking a clear position, while, on the other hand, the minister responsible for foreign relations basically takes a position against Russian invasion. This is the reality of Brazil today. Now, if you go into more details and discussion of what is behind this reality, besides this position of Bolsonaro of ambiguity, if not of support for illiberal regimes. At the same time, he has all the trying, trying not to take any clear definition, in particular in relation to Putin. Now, uh, the question is why, other than this ideological general position. And here, several people explain that there is an hypothesis, not proof, but makes sense, that when 
Bolsonaro was in Russia. He took with him his son, who is responsible for the internet campaigns and uh, fake news and so on. What it wasn't needed, why his son is going to Russia, having meetings in parallel with Russian government officers. Then there is a theory that, again, I repeat, needs to be proved, although people are trying to ask this officially, why his son was there. People think that one possibility is that he was asking Putin's support to create some type of confusion during our next elections. You mentioned that the foreign ministry of Brazil um, you know, did indeed vote to condemn Russia at the UN vote, um, uh, it, even though President Bolsonaro has uh, you know, publicly tried to remain neutral uh, in this um, in this conflict, and, um, how how do you think that Brazil's foreign ministry, its diplomatic corps, and the broader foreign policy community within think tanks and academia and other observers, how do they feel about um, the position that Brazil is officially taking, um, sort of at, at different levels? And it seems like there's an, a little bit of an internal conflict right now. I, 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 let's put it this way. Uh, and of course, I would say that public opinion in general, most of the journalists and intellectuals, public intellectuals, are against invasion. Being said that, we should recognize that at the same time, both on the part of the left and the extreme rights, the position is, I wouldn't say pro-Russians, but anti-American. As you know, as anybody that studies Latin America, there is in Latin American left a rooted feeling against the United States as a representative of the capitalist system, and anything that is against the United States is good, because we are against yeah, uh, the enemies of our enemies are our friends, something like that. Uh, and even a more gut feeling about anything that involves the United States should be wrong from the point of view of the United States. Then, although I wouldn't call it, I didn't see many, so much of support for re Russian invasion, there, yes, you will find people trying to explain Russian invasion, invasion with a rationale, saying that the United States was pushing and Europe, but mainly the United States, was pushing uh, uh, Russia into a situation that was unbearable. Then although it doesn't justify itself the invasion, they try to understand, uh, I wouldn't call it support, but at least understand uh, Russia's position. This is widely found in different sectors of the left. On the extreme right, I think they are divided. And this is one of the problems of, of Bolsonaro. Part of the people that support him uh, do not support the invasion, but there are the part that are sympathizers of Putin and his policies against uh, right-wing policies, reactionary policies, and so on. Therefore, I would say that there is a divide, yes, in some, a political divide, Although I would say that the mainstream political parties uh, basically are clearly, I must be say, 
uh, even Lula himself had a very, from the very beginning, a clear declaration against the invasion. Although many sides and bloggers of his party tried to explain the invasion, giving some rationale as against uh, 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 the push of the West too much uh, to the East. But at the same time, I must say, in general, although it's clearly a public opinion against the invasion, I think the feeling in Brazil, the intellectual people that think about it, are worried. We don't like a war that is going to be polarized, and Latin American countries, and Brazil in particular, may be forced to make choices that we don't want to do. And this is also a preoccupation. We don't want to go into a polarized world because we see behind this current situation something beyond that is the polarization between Russia, sorry, between China and the United States. And this is not a world that we welcome. We want to keep our freedom of uh, doing business worldwide. And the fact that today the globalization is in a, is a question mark, is nothing that is being welcomed uh, in countries like ours, that we need investments from every part of the world, technology from every part of the world. Um, so, Bernardo, you know, we've talked about the government's position, the political class and the intellectual, um, you know, level of society. Um, but I'd like to talk more about how Brazil's general population perceives uh, Russia's war in Ukraine. On what level do you think that they really feel a sense of connection or on what terms would you say that they perceive what is happening in Ukraine? Well, and, and what be, really matters to them? Let's be honest. Brazil mainly is a very big country, as you well know, and foreign relations is not a first, second, third, or fourth priority for our people, for most of the people. Uh, therefore, for most of the people, they see the television, of course they don't like. Brazilian people are basically from religious, is a type of, as you know, a spiritual religiosity for peace and so on. We don't like wars. Brazil didn't participate in any war really for 150 years. And the idea of war is nothing that is attractive. And of course, when you see television bombing and some people don't like it. But to say that is relevant, that is, is not nearby, to be said. Eh? And the foreign relation is not a priority in our country. And then if this means that the cost of gas may increase, people may feel it more. But to, to say that this is relevant for for most of the population, it's not. So you might say they feel the humanitarian impact and a, a concern about the humanitarian situation this is causing, but perhaps beyond that, not in the same, they don't see a connection between, um, you know, that this is a conflict between an authoritarian leader who's uncomfortable with the democracy on his borders. I, I would say that probably, and this is a guess, I don't have data, but knowing Brazilian people, I would say that most of the Brazilian people have no real idea, intellectual idea, of what it means, the conflict. Of course, the humanitarian 
as you said very well, they see it in television and they don't like it. They don't like people suffering, being bombed. Now, if you're asking what is happening, most of them will don't know. Probably in the most, let's say, literated people, uh, there is more knowledge and there, there is also more politicization. And we go then on the second level of people that relate to the war according to their, let's call it wider uh, intellectual belief, ideological belief. And, but this, I would say, is a minority, really. Um, so Brazil has gone through a lot of its own internal democratic turmoil in recent years. And as a sociologist, you have reflected in many of your writings on the modern dynamics that disrupt the social cohesion that open societies rely on to keep the peace, um, which is something you mentioned is important to Brazilians. Um, some of these factors include things like inequality or the altered digital in information space and diluted frontiers and shifting norms that make institutions and social relationships feel chaotic and fragile. All of these challenges are, are things that I think are felt acutely in Brazil. How do you think these dynamics affect how Brazilians analyze and relate to current events in the world? So not exclusively to what's happening um, right now, but just more broadly. Okay, again, when we say Brazilian, we are talking about a small elite that thinks about uh, what is happening. This is the first point. The second point, we are talking also about the next elections in Brazil. And clearly, for instance, the Bolsonaro people already used in the last election are beginning to use it against the fear of communism. And the, the idea that uh, Lula uh, wants to make of Brazil a communist country, and of course, the is this subject is being used in different other elections, is the Venezualization of, of, of Brazil. Uh, I follow a bit the, the social networks, and now they are trying to use Boric to say the communism is arriving in Chile, which is, doesn't make any sense, of course, as we know. And uh, then what is interesting, the, the fear of international relations in Brazil comes through the political use of symbolic use, not so much of knowledge of what's happening in the world. There's not much of discussion. Uh, then, uh, and this is going to affect the election somehow. We also demand from, probably from Lula, a more clarification about his positions in relation to Venezuela's Maduro or even more Nicaragua, a clear dictatorship. But being said that, the elites that think the agenda of Brazil, the future of the agenda of Brazil uh, at the global level, they are worried. Uh, basically, we don't like what is happening. Uh, Brazil uh, can't, don't want to be pushed to choose between this side or the other. Not to of course, we are a democratic country. The elites of Brazil, intellectual elites at least, are for democracy. But the point is how, in one hand, you support democratic regime, etc. On the other hand, you want also to keep open the economic possibilities in a world where China is a major player. Uh, and this is the situation what we really dislike, and we know where 
that push into that, where the decision to take sides is not from our perspective, where the priority is economic growth, improving the quality of life of most of the people and so on. For that, you need money, you need growth. Now, if we are going to be pushed in the name of democratic values to cut relations with important economic partners which are not democratic, this push, pushes Brazil into a situation which is not what we want. And this is something that should be understood also from the European-American side. The, the, you can, what you can do is not always what we can afford to do. Uh, and this, I think, is the main issue for the future discussions in the Western world. Not to expect, expect from the South the same behavior that you can afford to take in the North. I think this is a real issue, which has nothing to do with on which side you are from the point of view of values, but also how you protect your economy and economic growth. Thank you so much, Bernardo. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to speak with you today. My pleasure, really. And those are subjects that we need to discuss more to understand each other. And, uh, and this is only through dialogue, never through war. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. All, um, all the, I would also like to thank our friends at Forum 2000 for inviting both of us to join today's conversation, um, as well as uh, a thank you to those of you who are out there listening in. Please tune in to Forum 2000's YouTube channel to find more online chats with leading thinkers and democracy activists from around the globe.